Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bazaar. I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we're back here with more bizarre things. So first and foremost, I want to say happy Thanksgiving week to everyone. <laughs> yes, happy Turkey Day. Gobble it up. It's, yes. it's here. Yay. Yes, I'm just, my, Thanksgiving has been on, on my mind heavy. It's been, I know. Like, that's all this mean today. I'm just thinking heavy about some pie and some mashed potatoes. Yes, oh my goodness. <laughs> and some, like, you know, the candy yams, the collard greens, macaroni and cheese. Yes. Yes. I saw this meme today, so I'm ready for Thanksgiving. I didn't my grace and everything. <laughs> I always be thinking about that video. Like, I, I think it was like in a church or whatever. Greens, beans, potatoes, 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 chicken, corn, lamb, yes. ram. You know it. Yes. <laughs> like, exactly. that'll forever live in my head. <laughs> yes, everything's given. I actually send it to my best friend. I like, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. I was you like, it's that time to. again. Yes. It it's that's just like perfect. Yeah, that's one of our bizarre traditions. We send out the um church lady saying greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, ham, yeah. You name it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because so this week we're gonna be talking about well, for this episode rather, we're gonna be talking about some um Thanksgiving and fall related festivals and traditions related to the holiday. Mm-hmm. So, kind of like, kind of like an overview. We'll get into like the. We'll start with the fall festivals, and then we'll get into um, actually something that I found out about Thanksgiving that I found really interesting. And then we'll just get into some of the, um, not so much bizarre, but just kind of different traditions, uh, weird traditions. I'm centered around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and for those who um, who don't live in America, um, Thanksgiving is kind of like our holiday where we just gorge ourselves on copious amount of foods you know <laughs> and not do anything <laughs> yeah I just fall into a food coma um there's a lot well, there's a lot of history to it but I just yeah. like I'm just, I just I'm just thankful we give thanks for pretty much what we have and yeah you know, for people in our lives you know mm-hmm. you know just actually let's start it off like this or what are you most thankful for what were you most thankful for this year <laughs> Well, um, I mean, I love my friends and my family. Um, yeah, like, and I guess the fact that I've been able to like pull myself out a little bit of this like debt that I've been in, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm finally like surfacing from, I mean, you know, guys, it's hard. Like inflation has hit us so hard. And then I broke my ankle like in January and I was hauled up. I couldn't work for like three or four months. So Mm -hmm. yeah, your girl was feeling it for a bit. Like just yes. all these medical bills that I'm still paying on and like, yeah, I'm just thankful that I have a job and, you know, um, I'm actually like getting a bonus. Like that was nice for December. That's going to go towards some bills, but oh, like, I'm awesome. just thankful for that. Like, I just, it's nice to not feel like I'm drowning in debt again. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally understandable. And I know our listeners, most of our listeners probably can relate to that since, Mm -hmm. you know, with you, you know, you had your um, broken ankle, um, you know, that you had to recuperate from on top Mm -hmm. of, you know, the pandemic and everything, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure everyone in the world can relate to. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. A lot of people lost jobs, lost homes, lost vehicles. It's just, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And I actually do kind of want to say the same thing. Like, you know, I am Mm -hmm. also, um, I'm also, really really thankful and blessed that you know that um 
you know, just to still ha- just have had employment throughout the whole pandemic. Yeah. Um, to have, you know, started well, I started this podcast years ago, but to mm-hmm. have you on the podcast, I'm thankful Aww, for thank you. I'm thankful to be on the podcast. I totally yes. should have said that, but I was like, I know you're you know how you're like trying to narrow something down with all these things in my in your head. Yes, yes, because if not, you know, you know, we're ramblers. The, the people, yeah, it's like ramble on at this point. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm thankful, you know, that actually earlier this year I received a full scholarship um, at school. Oh, so that's awesome. Really, yes, yeah, so I'm really thankful for that. I don't have to, um, don't like have to pay out about, of pocket. Yes, I don't have to pay out of pocket for classes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for that. I'm thankful for my family, my family's health, my health, your health, all my friends' health. Yeah, um, I'm thankful that we. We 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 made it through the we made it through the pandemic semi unscathed, and that was hard. Yeah, yes. I mean, like, how's y'all's mental health? Because right. all I can say is it it was rough. I mean, there's still times where like I just want to haul up in my house because like mm-hmm. I'm just used to like that, like being home. Like I would just during the yeah. pandemic, I would just work and come home. That's mm-hmm. all I did. I mean, maybe exactly. I would like venture for food but so like I'm still adjusting to like that state of mind sometimes mm-hmm. like I have to make myself get out and do things yes yes like it's so true like when I'm like when I was I was actually with my mom yesterday okay. and we were getting some gifts and things mm-hmm. um she, we were in the store and she's like you know I just want to go home I was like me too and I was like well right. I was like, we're at home we're saying we're bored but I think it's like now that you say that I think we're actually kind of along the same lines of thought yeah we, where we were saying that um it's probably because we spent like you know the past like few years in the house like that's just what we're used to so now being being around a lot of people we get annoyed I mean I was annoyed around a lot of people from the beginning but now Mm -hmm. it's more so like you know crowds yeah people annoy me and all this stuff and I'm I want to get out of that because I definitely don't I never had that kind of like almost like a sensory overload or something because exactly. you were just so used to being on your own or like if you worked being around a few people here and there mm-hmm. so like the fact that now that you know we're not in that state and we have to get used to crowds again and gosh I remember when like you know hugging people like that was kind of like oh you shouldn't do that and then yes. like so like we were touch starved too like yes Yes, and it's so crazy. I'm really embarrassed to say this, but at work, my coworker scratched my back and I told her not to stop. (laughs) And she looked at me like, um, are you okay? She's like, your tone. It was like almost sexual. I'm like, um, I'm touch star. Yes, please touch (laughs) me. So, you know, she's like, why are you blushing? I'm like, because what you said. I'm like, I mean, if you scratch my back, I'm going to tell you to keep scratching my back. Yeah, it's like, it's just... <laughs> I'm sad, I'm sad, but no, I get it. Like, I know. You know. It's just, it's just like, it's just like I said, like, you know, some people, especially like me, I'm kind of like, I, I'm what I call mm-hmm. like an... Um, introverted extrovert like I, I'll talk yeah. to like random people blah 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 but like I'm not always around a big group of people I know the people right. who are really extroverted had a hard time during yeah. the pandemic where all their oh, social yeah. life kind of had to cease and mm-hmm. um you know 
and just everything was just like really bad. And I was actually talking to my mom about it um, today, you know, not to get too sidetracked, guys. We we're promise we're going to get into the episode. Yes, but... we're sorry. <laughs> we just like, I don't know. We want to reflect a little bit, you know, because we do. It is getting towards the end of the year. And like we mentioned with Maybon, it's kind of like reflection is part of mm-hmm. that and everything. You know, we do that towards the end of the year anyway. So, like New Year's and everything. Yes, yes. And I was talking today and I kind of got on my soapbox about it, uh-huh. about how like, you know, the mess, you know, that our economy here in America is right now. It's yeah. just like, like you said earlier, the inflation and right. um, just, you know, like minimum wage. Some some states don't even have like a decent minimum wage to match up yeah. with the cost of living. It's and it's just, yeah, it is like, you know, I saw this um, post where it's like a, a stick of deodorant was like $7 or $8 or some change. That's literally one hour of someone to work and I'm just like yeah. for a stick of deodorant I'm like and these people want to um be like you know well you know we're not struggling or like you just need your lazy you need to go and get a good job I'm like well these right. places don't want to pay the trained people anymore they want yeah. people to come through the door right. with these skill sets and it's just it's a lot but you know right. you just have to be I guess you know thankful because I'm not I don't want to complain I am thankful for what yeah. I have but it's just yeah. it frustrates me because I'm just no like, absolutely I'm, I guess I'm not gonna get my soapbox about it yeah I, <laughs> I, I know what you mean though like I've said you know I'm frustrated that I can't get a job at the library and stuff like mm-hmm. hoping if I redo my resume maybe I mean mm-hmm. I've just I've applied I've had an interview and I've just like never gotten that chance because I do yeah I do think that it's just harder for like you have to have a degree these days and Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that back in the day I mean I I get to an extent having like experience having all this schooling but to another extent it really just hinders the people who really want that job you can't afford to go to school yeah it's kind of like a it's kind of like you know like in so many words not like so much as gatekeeping but Mm -hmm. it's just like it limits people because you remember like we were talking like back like in the day like you were saying like our parents or mm-hmm. people that we knew could like switch career paths just like that. Like they want right. to be administrative. Um, they go from like working in like customer service to administration to whatever yeah. they can have different niches. Well, now mm-hmm. it's like once you enter a type of field, you're stuck there. Like no it's one so wants hard. to train you on anything yes. else. At least that's what it's like around here, guys. If it's mm-hmm. not, if it's not like that where you guys are, last right? Year, we'll, like we'll we, we would, <laughs> right? Right? We'll just go to Canada or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but we we could probably say this for like our our, our miscellaneous um musings. Yes, <laughs> we'll indeed. we'll pick back up on this. Yes, but let's go ahead and get into the episode, guys. I know you guys are waiting. So to start off this episode, we're going to get into some fall festivals, starting with mm-hmm. a Greek festival by the name of Thesmophoria. Yes. Um. So I found this. I was just curious, like I guess googling some fall festivals and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. So Thesmophoria, um, was held annually when the last seeds of the harvest were sown, essentially. Um. And it was a festival to honor Demeter and Persephone. Um. It was celebrated by adult women and it promoted fertility and abundance to women in agriculture. Um, It was kept private from the men. I found that really interesting. Like men were actually forbidden to be there. Oh. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like what were those women doing? None of your business. (laughs) Kind of like Wicker Man vibes. That's like actually one of my favorite movies, Wicker Man. It does. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so the festival, um, pretty much like the practices included fasting, praying for fertility, you know, um, through the goddesses and gods. Mm -hmm. And also there was an election, um, you know, to, for the overseers of the festival. So almost like with Wicca, how there's like a high priestess, there was like an election for like essentially kind of like a high priestess, like that um, person or, I mean, a couple women would oversee the festival, like the practices to make sure like they're being done properly and stuff. Like it was a big deal. Okay. Um, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very sacred. Um, so non-citizens or unmarried women didn't celebrate. So that sucks for them. Like, I guess they weren't allowed is what I'm thinking. Um, you know, I, I guess that's what I came to the conclusion of um, studying that. Yeah, that's really interesting, too, because you know, like men were forbidden. So it's interesting that mm-hmm. unmarried women wouldn't be allowed. Right. That's what I was saying. I'm yeah. like, so like, they had to be married, like, but the men couldn't be there. Okay. That's like, what if you're just all right, whatever. It's like the unmarried women don't have any fun. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you think it'd be the opposite. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and it may have been only celebrated by aristocratic women, you know, yeah. kind of like that tier system. Like, you know, the rich pretty yeah, the much were the system, ones yeah. that always, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the festival was believed to last 10 days. Um, and during which pigs were sacrificed and the remains were put in a sacred pit called a Megara. Okay. Um, yeah. I've heard of the, um, yeah, I think I've heard of the, um, the Megara before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the women had to obtain a mind of purity before they entered the pit. So like, you know, um, really kind of just clearing their head, probably praying and just, you know, entering that state where they feel like they're closest with, the god or goddess and feeling mm-hmm. like their purity like the reborn almost i would think well that's probably why men weren't allowed to be <laughs> right because yeah then they would take the virginity right away yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and i found this kind of cool too there were cakes baked in the snakes and phallic shapes um that were put along with the pig remains in the pit that's so. so cool. So, like, you know how, like, they have, like, the penis, like, the penis shape, like, um, cake pops and all that <laughs> stuff, like, you know, the pasta. So, that dates all the yeah. way back there. Ooh, right? I love it. <laughs> I know, right? I think that was in Maybon, too. We talked about, um, if I remember correctly, there was something about, like, some kind of phallic shaped. I think it was cakes or something. Um, but I remember that from the previous episode as well. So that's interesting. It's almost like saying the way I see it is like, you know, fertilizing the land or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the remains, you know, of the pigs and uh, pretty much like seeds were scattered on the fields mm-hmm. um, to represent fertility. So I found that interesting too, kind of like a give back to the earth kind of vibe, in my yeah. opinion. Um, And so the first day was for preparation as far as like when the festival started, Um, someone would oversee the rituals, um, you know, that was specially elected, like we talked about, kind of like with the high priestess, they would Mm -hmm. oversee the rituals, make sure that the women were doing it right and everything. Um, So the second day women fasted and they sat on a seed of plants um, that were said to actually be 
anaphrodisiacs, which is actually the opposite, guys. It's not an aphrodisiac. It quells the libido, actually, which is interesting. Which is why men cannot be around. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like, no. Get get your phallic stuff away from us. We're trying to have pure It's like like that scene from Greece where she was like, Elvis, Elvis, let me be. Right. That's pelvis away from me. Yes. Love it. Um, and then finally, the third day, um, they called upon the goddess and prayed for fertility. So that's pretty much the festival in itself. Um, you know, I, it when I read about it, it was practically just saying like three days, but it was believed to last 10. I guess it just kind of depended on, you know, maybe the person overseeing it and everything. Yeah, 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 totally makes sense. I think it's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Greek and Greek and um, Roman um, history, mythology, all of that is just, it's it's my first fascination really kind of got me into this whole realm of, well, that and like the Coast Coast stuff, but yeah. it kind of got me into all this realm of just like different things and understanding um, different belief systems, different customs, mm-hmm. cultures, yeah, um, all of that. And I think it's really really awesome the practices you know just different getting like a different viewpoint right. I really I really feel is really yeah really cool. I mean it's just so cool to think that like you know they were thinking of the earth and like how much it would give back to them like if mm-hmm. they were doing these um rituals and prayed for you know yeah. the goddess to like you know fertilize their land like I it's fascinating I yeah, love it yeah, because like, you know, what you sow, so shall you reap kind of thing. Like, you know, what uh-huh. you put into this, where you get out of it. So it's yeah, just like you want to. Yeah, that's exactly how I saw you it. Know, you want to be careful, you know, what you put in because you want to get back. Um, right. That's why they took it so yeah. seriously. As mm-hmm. they should. Yes. Yeah. So the next festival we have is called the Moon Festival or the Mooncake Festival. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So let's see. This is known as um, Mid-Autumn Day as well, or Mid-Autumn Festival. Um, If you look it up and everything, that's another term for that. Um, It's very important, um, you know, pretty much up there with the Chinese New Year or on the, yeah, like it originates in China and like, um, I believe Hong Kong, Taiwan and Vietnam, they still celebrate it. Okay. Um, But the actual like legend and the holiday can be traced back to the Zhao dynasty over 3000 years ago, which is really cool. Wow. I know. Right. That was a long time ago. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The ancient like Asian dynasties can be very, very intense, but also very interesting. I love reading about it. Me too. I love, love it because it's just a different era, different, Mm-hmm. culture like it's just fascinating it is and it's not one that's usually like discussed a lot like especially yeah. well, in here in america it's not like you know we learn like you know of course we learn rome and greece and mm-hmm. um of course like you know um the european history but we don't really get yeah. into like the asian history like we'll just like right. brush briefly on if it has something to do with like european history yeah. but that's it like it's not really anything you have to kind of go look for it yourself Right. That's why I was like so tickled when I found this. I was like, oh my goodness, this sounds so cool. Like, yeah, let me just research more on this. Yes, yes. All right. So with this festival, um, it celebrates the ancient worship of the moon. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, so it is still popular today and it actually was made a national holiday in 2008. 
As it should. As it yeah. Should. It only took 3,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> we took yes. an eternity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so members of the family, pretty much um, kind of how the celebration, like what they do and everything. Members of the family gather around for reunion dinner and they eat mooncakes of different varieties um, during when the moon is at its fullest. So essentially it would be a full moon and probably a really bright moon, essentially. Um, I did see that like they mark it on a special calendar date so that they do know like when the moon is at its fullest. It just depends on like where they're at in Asia, you know, because everybody has like different hemisphere, I would think, and um, time periods like that. Um, so mooncakes pretty much are made sweet with a sweet lotus paste, or they can be, um, savory with a bean paste. Um, and you know, basically it has a thin crust, Mm -hmm. um, but they do carry some significance and I'll get to that in just a moment. Um, also lanterns are carried and displayed, um, and they were thought to help, um, light the way to good luck and fortune, so that's why you see la- lanterns during the moon festival as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. I bet uh, that's uh, super pretty. Yes. Yeah. And right. Because I, I was just, actually just going to get into it. Like, you remember, like, mm-hmm. back like, in the 90s, like, um, there was, like, this big craze about, like, um, well, looking back now, it's probably bordered on appropriation. But, like, you mm-hmm. know how all the stores had, like, the um, Asian, like, these shirts with like Chinese writing and like yeah. wore chopsticks in their hair. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was one of those people. I did wear. <laughs> yes. I love some chopsticks. I still have some. Like from, I guess like Hot Topic. I mm-hmm. I got them from like their. I guess like they were celebrating the Mulan movie when it came out. They're cute. Yeah. Like I like them. So yeah, yeah but that's the, like you know because that was like some more like more so appreciation because you actually wearing yeah. it for a reason. But like mm-hmm. the, like people actually walk around like wearing like the kimono tops and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like no one really made people you know, I guess some people knew like I knew that it was Asian thing but like I guess right. some people just like oh it's just a cute top but like they weren't really giving the background as to what it was supposed to be um, right. designed after. And it's like that's where you kind of get into that fine right. Like, do you even right do you know like the significance of a kimono if you don't i mean you should watch memoirs of a geisha and Mm. i love that movie like i will watch it it on repeat oh i own it it's i love it it's a guilty i mean it's not a guilty pleasure it's a great movie it's it's a pleasure of mine I definitely have to watch it again. I haven't seen it mm-hmm. in like forever because my um oldest cousin he went he was like when we were young he was obsessed with Asian culture like I'm telling you, like yeah. he, like well you know how K-pop and all that stuff like K-pop <laughs> J-pop and all that stuff is very popular now yeah my cousin mm-hmm. probably one of the first people <laughs> I'm not, he's probably not, I'm not saying he's the first but mm-hmm. before it became mainstream like I tell you he right. all like that like back in like the that late nineties early two mm-hmm. thousands like he was listening to um. Yumi Hamasaki, um, Yukata Hikaru, all these people who are like, they mm-hmm. may be like considered like old now, but like um, he was listening to all of them like back when they first came out, but on mm-hmm. all of them, like, you know, just all like the Asian singers he was listening to and like he would, we would drink like green tea, eat ramen noodles and all this stuff with chopsticks and <laughs> um, he was just really engrossed in it. So that's how right. I was, that's how I kind of knew when I started going to the stores. Okay, well this, oh. this is like, this is Japanese, this is Chinese, mm-hmm. like, you know, this is their culture. So it's uh-huh. like, he's, he's not so much into it now, but he was like really right. into it back then. Um. And I'm appreciative of that because it kind of helped me, um, 
it kind of did help with my diversity when I was yeah. growing up with being able to identify with different cultures and absolutely when groups like BTS and all them blew up I was like it's about time they get their flowers because they actually made really mm-hmm. great music like mm-hmm. I will say when I was younger I would listen to these like my cousin actually made me a mixtape of all like the um songs and I didn't understand anything that they were saying I will admit that but I do not care <laughs> I rocked out to it I do not care they have mm-hmm. some great songs <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's me with, like, reggaeton or just, oh, like, yes. Latina um, music, too. Or reggaeton. I mean, yeah, um, <laughs> reggaeton. Yes, it gets me. It gets me. Yes. I, I, I barely understand, but I'm just, like, I understand just enough. Right, right. I, I'm I'm understanding enough just to shake it, so that's <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get back to... Indeed, let's get back to the significance of mooncakes yes. dun 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 yes. so fun fact mooncakes were actually thought to start a revolution Ooh. um yeah no right so this happened during the wan dynasty um essentially the mongolians um their rebel leader uh lord i'm so sorry guys i am the worst at pronouncing um names from different cultures and like i don't want to offend anybody so i'm just gonna say disclaimer i'm probably not gonna say this right but mm-hmm. i'm gonna say um i think it's luau bowen um he hid messages in the mooncakes and mm. passed them to surrounding armies so, you know, the armies, like, I, I would say the generals were, like, picking up those messages, um, and they pass them back and forth. So, they got together, and they overthrew the Wan Dynasty that well, way. So they kind of, so they kind of, like, formed a coup to overthrow. Oh, okay. Right? I found that really cool. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's wild, but it's kind of like a little bit espionage, but it's, that, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it totally reminded me of, like, a Troy moment, like, where they just, like, they totally pulled one out from under the Wan Dynasty. They didn't mm-hmm. see it coming. So I guess that's why, well, no, that's, I'm not going to say I guess. That's why mooncakes are, like, super important, you know, mm-hmm. like, because it's, like, yeah. yeah. Um, And also, like, um, a big part of the moon festival is um, the goddess, I believe, like I said, I'm sorry, guys, I know I'm not pronouncing these right, but I think her name is, um, I would say, Chanji. Um, She is the goddess of the moon. And people pray to her for luck and safety. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, they will light incense or, you know, offer prayers and offerings. Like, if you guys have seen Mulan and everything, um, or Memoirs of a Geisha, like, the way it's so sacred when they go to pray and everything. Like, they will offer money and they'll ring a bell. And it's just such a beautiful like atmosphere like when they're like praying to their ancestors or like to the goddess or god like it's it's very sacred to them yeah, yeah most, i bet that's that sounds really like it's just take held up with like the most high regard possible and mm-hmm. it just sounds like it's really like um did, did you say this is um you said it's still celebrated um today yeah, so i wonder if they kind of have like you know how, like some people like you know the pay homage they'll like dress up or like yeah. do costumes. I wonder if that's something that they I do, think... like have festivals. Right. Um, well, I did see like in southern China, um, there is a dragon and lion dancing to kind okay. of celebrate. Like that's really cool. I love watching like the dances, yes. especially I, I've I've seen a few. It's just so fascinating and just so vibrant. Like it's just it's something to behold for sure. Well, most definitely, yes. 
Um, so the legend, this is very brief because actually mm-hmm. I, I just kind of like summed it up. It's a longer story than what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. Chanji is so important. Um, she was pretty much immortal and by taking her husband's elixir who um, he became a tyrant eventually like he was a hero and he was celebrated because like I think he had shot down I think it was the sun or something like it was a legend like the sun was starting to burn the crops and stuff and so like I think there were like six suns or something if I remember correctly and like he was such a great archer and he like shot down some of the suns to like balance it out like I I love the legends behind it if you guys do want to like research it more it's really neat um so essentially you know he's a hero but of course it goes to his head and everything and he you know um becomes a bit of a tyrant well you know his wife's not gonna have that because you know he's pretty much threatening to like kill the people for no reason so what she does is she takes um her husband's elixir you know to be immortal and she takes her spot up on the moon and she actually kind of kills him (laughs) why did i laugh (laughs) Well, they really don't want to be bothered with these things. Good for her. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to say he deserved it, but I mean, you let all that power go to your head and like, mm-hmm. you know, just want to kill people for no reason. So in a way he kind of did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they say that she did that to watch over the people essentially. So, I mean, you know, her living on the moon, like, you know, that's why essentially it's a big part of the moon festival as well, because, you know, when they see the moon, they think of the goddess who lives on the moon. And of course that she's watching over them as well. Um, And moon and water are sacred for Chinese culture too. Um, They're believed to be connected to menstrual cycles, which is kind of interesting. Um, and I found this kind of pretty too, just this little, um, excerpt. It said that the sun and the moon are a couple and the stars are their children. That's Mm. like another belief that they have. Isn't that pretty? I just love the imagery there. Like. (laughs) Are some parts. (laughs) Yes. And like, so a full moon is actually a pregnant moon. And then the crescent moon is when it's given birth, you know, to make stars. I found that really cute, too. Yes. And I can, like, totally picture that. Because the full moon is, like, yeah, like, you would see, like, when you're pregnant, you have a big old belly. So that I mm-hmm. definitely see that. Yes. Um, so women, especially, you know, because it's linked to the menstrual cycle and Chanji, you know, is a goddess. Like, this is very important to women, for sure. Um, you know, they, like I said, they would burn incense, offer prayers and sacrifice, um, I'm sorry, prayers and offerings for her sacrifice. So, you know, it's a very sacred holiday for them. Mm-hmm. It's not just about like celebrating the independence with the mooncakes, um, but it's also, you know, celebrating the legend of Tanji and how she saved the people. I found that really cool. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. And this that's not actually um, a legend or lore that I actually looked into so I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool to learn about that and like you yeah. said about the um dragons and lion dancing and I'll actually see if yeah. I can find like some images so our listeners yeah, can also see yeah and the see. lanterns yeah. I bet the lanterns are super pretty too oh yes it's most definitely like the paper lanterns mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 
And there's totally images of mooncakes too. I totally should have put them on the notes, but I forgot. I just, I found them really neat too. Oh, no, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. I'll definitely um, find those and post those up so everyone can mm-hmm. see them because I'm interested too mm-hmm. to see what they look yeah, like. Yeah, and so. Shanji was really pretty. I think there was a picture of her and like she's near the moon and she's wearing kimono. You know, obviously she just like looks like a really pretty geisha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's actually this. Sorry, I got thirsty. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> this actually. Gotta stay hydrated, guys. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> There's actually this um, TikTok account that I follow. I actually can't remember mm-hmm. her name, guys. And I'm sorry if I if I remember, I'll um, post it. Um, oh, cool. I've been on TikTok in months, but she actually, I think she has access to. I don't know, guys. Take this with a grain of salt. But from what I've heard on TikTok, there's actually mm-hmm. a separate TikTok for Asia. Oh, um, and since she is Asian, I, I did think not she, know that. Yeah, I think she has access to it. And she is actually able oh. to post all like the street style from um, Asia. Oh she posts God. it on her Instagram, oh, not her Instagram, her TikTok. Uh-huh. And like the street style there is so like, it's it's just so eclectic. Like you have some people that like, you know, um, they all have like the Chanel, like, you know, head to toe. Some of them mm-hmm. have like the um, geisha attire, face paint. Some oh. of them have like super, like, like they're ready to hit the slopes. Like, you know, yeah. it's just so such that then some people look like they just stepped foot out of the 90s. Like, it's just so diverse um, in fashion and style. Um, yeah, like, I guess there. what they consider a geisha and everything, like, mm-hmm. it's all up to interpretation. That's cool. Yeah, like, this one girl, she was like skateboarding and coming out. I was like, that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome like I was yes so, I was so, so awesome yes i have to agree with all that makeup and everything and skateboarding mm-hmm. like you go girl that's awesome yes all right so unfortunately i'm not gonna say unfortunately because i do kind of <laughs> want to get into um yes. thanksgiving but absolutely yes but it was interesting learning about the um the mooncake festival mm-hmm. and you know the um the um Thesmophoria Greek festival that was really cool too yeah like it was I found it really neat too but on to a bizarre thing that I found out so in America yes so in America guys we we were taught in school that Thanksgiving um originated um at at Plymouth Rock in Massachusetts where you know the pilgrims and the Indians had shared the first feast Mm -hmm. uh, um of with by coming to the new world well, I found that may not be true. Um, <laughs> Tell me you know, more. Because, <laughs> you know, like, when's the first time we've ever been lied to? Um, <laughs> right. Especially when it comes to history. I mean, you know, like, they want to, like, dress things up and, like, make us in America look like heroes sometimes. It's sad. It is. It is. So, there's actually another story that kind of predates the whole Puritan um, pilgrimage to the New World, to America. Mm-hmm. It actually goes back for decades further to the um, Spanish explorers. So, oh, cool. yeah, so, yeah. So it goes back to the Spanish explorers and their first European settlement in America, St. Augustine, which mm-hmm. is now St. Augustine, Florida. Right. Oh, right. So I'm just like, <laughs> Florida? <laughs> Right, that's but what like, I was thinking when you said St. Augustine. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm just like, I just, uh, let the guys just get into this because I just, oh, Florida. It, it, yes, <laughs> you guys will be kind of like in, within the same realm of thought as me once I get into this, guys. Mm-hmm. So like I said, you know, most of us hear that, you know, the Pilgrim story, you know, um, Plymouth Rock, all of that, but 
you know, the whole year 1620. But about 50 years um, before um, Plymouth Rock, um, there was a colony that was established along Florida's um, eastern coastline. So this colony was known as St. Augustine. It was founded in 1565 by Spanish Admiral, Admiral Admiral, I swear I cannot speak, guys. I'm sorry. So okay. Admiral <laughs> Pedro Menendez de Avilas. See, you said that great. I did. Is that like I don't <laughs> <laughs> perfecto? <laughs> sorry, guys. No, it's fine. we're not ignorant, guys. We just I was just no. impressed. I impressed myself there. You just should be. Yes, good job. <laughs> yes, I was like me. Excellent day. <laughs> yes, thank you. Gracias. <laughs> so after since ever since it's been colonized of course it's been occupied ever since since it is a you know the city that we know now is st augustine florida Mm -hmm. so even though it's been occupied ever since then um it changed hands between the spanish and the british um several times before florida was acquired by the united states in the year 1819 Mm so St. Augustine is the oldest continuously occupied European settlement in the United in the Americas. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so what I actually found out is that St. Augustine is actually a city of firsts. Um, it was the first city government, um, the first schools, the first hospitals, first city mm-hmm. plan, um, first parish church, and even the first mission to the native uh, populations occurred in St. Augustine. That's cool. Yes, yeah, so that's that's really really cool so it makes you wonder about thanksgiving since this right. colony was established you know 50 years before mm-hmm. so of course you know we know by now that um the saint augustine colony predates the pilgrim colony in um plymouth rock um but with thanksgiving you know we know about the whole pilgrim indian um I don't want to say debacle, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. lack of better terms, you know, it's a lot of sordid history there. Yeah. So, um, turns out in St. Augustine, they did kind of have the real first Thanksgiving, you know, long before the pilgrims, you know, brought their turkey out, the Spanish colonizers in St. Augustine were celebrating how thankful they were to be alive and healthy in the new world. So, good. Yes, yes. So this celebration held in the form of a Catholic mass, followed by a giant feast was not, you know, not that different than what we know today um, Mm -hmm. from the Plymouth Rock Colony. So the only thing I did find ironic that I shared with you earlier, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't share with you, I was actually talking to a friend about it, but I found ironic is that this was like a Catholic celebration and the Puritans and the Puritans, (laughs) um, the pilgrims were Puritans. So it was just... (laughs) It was it was ironic, so I kind of got to get a little bit because, like, supposedly the Puritans were the ones who like founded Thanksgiving, essentially. But exactly, that is not what happened, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the next section we have here is the Mass on of Thanksgiving. So when Men- Menendez de Avilas and eight hundred Spanish settlers came ashore in fifteen sixty five, of course they had a a lot of reasons to celebrate so they survived a long voyage which you know by ship it was kind of like hard back then um a lot of people felt ill shit i've um, had a good meal or something after that long voyage yes. five because not only that like there was sicknesses like um mm-hmm. what was it smallpox was really bad like yeah like just from essentially going to different 
continents and everything they were spreading kinds of diseases this is true so it was like you know to have survived a long voyage like that Mm -hmm. from like you know from spain all the way to america to where florida (laughs) is now it was a really big accomplishment yeah yes so um let's see yeah, so um, and they also came ashore during the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, a very important day according to the church calendar to the Catholic Church. So right. that that can you know they're like this is destined, this is fated, you know, type of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could see that being a big deal. And so it says the landing party led by Saint Augustine's first pastor, Father Francisco Lopez de Mendoza Grijales came together and celebrated the traditional feast of the mass of thanksgiving so the mass of thanksgiving is kind of like a religious ceremony um, that would have looked similar to a spanish catholic mass um, that's held today okay so after the ceremony the um, thanksgiving would commence as um, menendez de avilas um, laid out a great feast before his men and the settlers but he also held out, he also invited the um, tribe, the native tribe um, called the um, Timuki, the Timuki Kuya, Timuka, guys, I'm so sorry. I think it's <laughs> Timukua or Timukua. yeah. Guys, pronunciation is not strong, Sue, I promise we know what we're talking about. We just can't pronounce yeah, it right. Um, <laughs> can't pronounce it right, sorry. Yes. <laughs> So the um, the Timucua was a was like I said was a native tribe um, mm-hmm. that they had traded with in the past upon their arrival there. So they kind of invited them back for dinner, like thanks for helping. I like that, awesome. Yeah, so we're gonna get into um, that here. So um, the meal would have looked a little bit different than the traditional turkey and stuffing, you know, cranberry sauce that we know today. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been made of the food that the settlers had been enjoying on their um, ride over to the New World. Mm-hmm. So it would have included some hard sea biscuits, red wine, and a hearty stew made from salted pork, garbanzo beans. You know, well, I think those are chickpeas, right? Uh, yeah, 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 they are. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, or, or um, Cosido, as I guess they were called back then. Well, I had Cosido. It's so good. Ooh, try that. <laughs> right? Yeah, so it says if any, like, more traditional Thanksgiving options would have been available, um, it would have been brought by the um, Timucua, mm-hmm. um, who they, since they had access to turkeys and other staples such as um, maize, which is corn, um, squash, beans, things of that nature. But unfortunately, it's been lost to time if any of that was brought to the feast. Right. Makes sense. I mean, you know, like they had all this abundance with their land. So they were wanting to share because they were invited. And like, I mean, I, I guess they were like, you know, mm-hmm. um, they weren't enemies. They were like friends, essentially, or like neighbors. So I love that. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the. Um, the Timucua, they did participate in the mass. Mm-hmm. Um, what their thoughts of what their participation was was not really um, kind of like I said, it kind of lost the history. Mm-hmm. But um, per the journals of Father Lopez, he noted that the quote, um, the Indians imitated all they saw done, mm-hmm. likely in an attempt to initiate kind of like a pers- peaceful relationship with the Spanish. So what they saw them do, they did to kind of keep the peace. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yes, so um, it says, of course, from the um, perspective of the Spanish, um, this communion with the Timicua would have been a little more in the first steps of in an aggressive Christian conversion strategy. So it's kind right. of like they were kind of trying to convert them. Yeah. yeah. But the similarities between their peace offering and the pilgrims breaking bread with the uh, Wapanoag in Plymouth mm-hmm. cannot be ignored. So it's kind of like some similarities there. Right. Makes sense. I mean, I was actually mm-hmm. thinking when you were talking about how the natives brought maize and everything like with Sacramento mm-hmm. and how, you know, they were trying to, I think, feed the colonists like by offering them corn and stuff that like the colonists didn't really know about. So, yeah, like that reminded me of that in a way, those similarities. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, with those type of similarities makes you wonder how come mm-hmm. um how come St. Augustine isn't recognized as America's first Thanksgiving? Right. For you know, sure. Exactly. Because, you know, it's well documented. It's there. Like I said, the irony of the Catholic mass um, <laughs> being the true inspiration for Thanksgiving when it was, you know, was when it was caused by the, um, well, it was Thanksgiving was originally celebrated by the um, Puritans. Yeah. Um, but as far no, as like when we were taught. By you know. the Spaniards. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's a lot. It is. Yeah. So, um, let's see, where was I at here? Yeah, so, like I said, you know, the, the Puritans were very anti-Catholic, as we know. That's not lost to history. Right. Um, and, you know, thanks to the hard work of some um, historians in Florida, um, this history has made it to the mainstream of St. Augustine's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of led historians to kind of go back and forth. Did it start in St. Augustine? So should St. Augustine be widely accepted, more known, or should it just kind of remain um, Plymouth, you know, the true source of American tradition? Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with them there. I mean, because like Mm -hmm. the elements like that are similar. I mean, like when you read this story, it's very similar. It's and it happened before. So I, I say that. I agree with the historians that believe it was the first one. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like they're saying, tradition is tradition. The story of the pilgrims and the Wampanoag natives um, has become, you know, more closely intertwined with the holiday and folklore. Yeah. Um, so it's more so historically accurate per mm-hmm. historians and it's been honored by time throughout festivities, traditions, and just overall culturally here in America. Right. I mean, we've seen it in like the Adams family reunion. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen it, you know, depicted in Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, it's it's just it's definitely like depicted. It's, I, I love Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving when they had like little <laughs> um they had a little special where they were on the ship and it was talking about like Miles Standish and all of that. Uh huh. <laughs> I love that. I did. Even though like now it's not accurate, but right. You know. It's just fun and cute yeah so now the only memory of the real first thanksgiving of saint augustine is marked by a 250 foot cross at the mission of nombres de dios um, which is a small church that sits on the original landing site of the settlers just 300 yards north of the famously haunted castillo de san marcos Ooh, haunted (laughs) yeah right what's that about (laughs) <laughs> right so where the rest of the city kind of has a sorted history that's lingered for more than 300 years so i think we're going to get into that okay cool yeah. 
Yeah, so um, pretty much, you know, all of Florida, like all of Florida is haunted, like especially yeah. the Keys. Um, you know, just Florida, I think the Florida Keys, Savannah, Georgia, Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana, I should say, are like the most haunted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we say Augustine uh, from like haunted hotels to pirate poltergeist and, you know, kind of like maybe everything in between. Um Pretty much, you know, there's not a like there's not a you know an area of this quote unquote ancient city since you know it's a city at first as we said before. Yeah. Um, it doesn't hold like some vestige of the people that came before. Right, and so, then there were wars fought there. Like mm-hmm. a lot of history has happened there. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like I said, a lot of haunted history. Um, you know, the first Thanksgivings left behind a lot of vestige and attached itself to um, that location. And, you know, many of the traditions started there are still tied there to that area. So even though it's lost to time, I guess locals kind of still acknowledge it, even though it's been lost. To, well, not lost to history. It's just kind of like just been, you know, ignored. Yeah. Like, for one reason or another. I'm not sure why. Or, you know, the other, like, as people know it, the pure mm-hmm. um, story and everything. I get that. Yes. So it says the settlers themselves may not haunt the city, but the descendants of the Timikua, um, the native tribe um, that greeted them peacefully um, initially, most certainly do still haunt St. Augustine. So it says, despite the friendly relations during the first mass of Thanksgiving, it wasn't long before the Spanish, um, Spanish's relationship with the Temecula began to go sour. Well, you don't say. Right. We didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> so um, proof of this fragile relationship um, still stands in the form of the, um, the Castillo de San Marcos, mm-hmm. which was uh, built by the by the labor of the Temecula, but served as an Intermittent prison for those who do not concede to Spanish rules. So if they didn't, you know, convert, convert over, yeah. they would be thrown. And kind of like you know, the whole like I, I don't want to say concentration camps. It wasn't exactly that, but oh, you no. know that that's the kind of like the closest thing that I can kind of think of. Like you know, well, throwing yeah. them because they, they couldn't they couldn't make them do something that they didn't want to do. Right. So they would lock mm-hmm. them up to have that control. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And it was not just the Timakua either. It was like the, um, the Seminole, the Apache, yeah. and many other Native tribes. Yeah, I mean, Pocahontas, mm-hmm. like, she pretty much, um, John Rolfe said that she had to, like, you know, learn their religion and everything when they got married. So, like, that yes. just think that, you know, like, they were forced to, like, they couldn't be themselves. Yes, and it's, I actually saw this, I you mentioned Pocahontas. <laughs> Yeah. I just saw this meme yesterday. People was like, Pocahontas had us messed up that, that uh, having us think that we should choose John. What's his name? John oh, Smith over Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah, yes. I sent my friend that because I was like, um, facts. I cracked up. <laughs> I was like, that's that, that's funny. That's hilarious. Even though it's like sad because like, you know, the true history and at the same time. Yeah, like she was 14 and like John Smith was like, close to 40 mm-hmm. 
oh, and I think John Rolfe was like in his 30s too. And I'm just like, oh, don't think about it too hard. Right, so. right. It's just, yeah, just, <laughs> and people are like, that's just how it was back then. It doesn't mean uh, it's right. Yeah, like it doesn't excuse that behavior. It happened, exactly. sure, but doesn't mean I agree with it. Exactly. Yes. It's just, <laughs> we're going to digress on that for right now. Yes. Yes, yeah, so because of all of this, like, you know, keeping them in, in prisons, uh, many Native law, ma- na- I can't speak, many <laughs> of the Native lives were lost at the Castillo, mm-hmm. which kind of like a last thing, remember how the first Thanksgiving um, was kind of, you know, was kind of, it kind of like was kind of stained by all of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, since this was lost to history, you know, if history isn't if you don't learn from it, you're doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, the same thing will repeat itself. Um, yeah, with the pilgrim. Yeah, 50 <laughs> years later, thousands of miles north in New England. Right. So this other Native American spirits that are left behind, there's a good reminder of many tribes' um, disintegrations at the hands of plague, wars, and the Spanish. Yeah. So, like I said, the most well-known to linger is, this, is the Castillo de San Marcos, only mm-hmm. a few hundred yards from the first Thanksgiving. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And for the haunting, it says the Native American men call out from the jail cells and torture chambers. Um, they even speak of a, some even speak of a Seminole chief um, known as the Osceolas, um, who wander the grounds at night. And it's seen jumping from ramparts. I'm perhaps still hoping for freedom. That's so sad. That is. That breaks my heart. Yeah, it's like even like even that they they're not at peace because you know like what happens like yeah. you, like you know not to bring up supernatural but we <laughs> yeah like but, you do see yeah. that spirit like in that loop like you can't mm-hmm. just, like think that hey like you know they died that way and it's like they keep reliving that hell mm-hmm. like that sucks. Yes, yes. So, like, you know, while St. Augustine may have been the real first Thanksgiving, um, it really did come at a cost. And then the one that m- many people, especially Native spirits and even their ancestors are still paying for it today. Yeah. So, you know, whether which one you would acknowledge, the Pilgrims of Plymouth Rock or the Spanish of St. Augustine, you have to kind of understand the tragedy behind both that were that right. was equally devastating. That's always brushed under the rug. That's never really discussed yeah. that it's, you know, that it's tragic. Like, you know, you came yes. to this you came to this new world, quote unquote, new world. You, you tried to um, change it. Like you pushed yes. beliefs on these people who could just be themselves and were offering mm-hmm. you the abundance of their land. And this is mm-hmm. how you pay them. Like, pay really? them with, yeah, with pr- imprisonment, disease, yeah. and death. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. That's like when I had the window go running through the woods. <laughs> right? Like, um, <laughs> just saying, maybe y'all deserve that. <laughs> Maybe that's why the Wendigo, like, could have come about, like, just the anger. Like, you yeah, know, I could see that happening. Most definitely, yes. It's just, like, you know, it just makes you wonder. It's just, the like. helplessness. Just, like, guys, that revenge, like, in the, in your heart. Like, you know. Yeah, vengeance is, re- vengeance and grief and all that's really, really strong. And guys, we're not trying to, like, crap on all of your Thanksgiving. We just thought you guys should <laughs> yeah. know another story, <laughs> another word. side yeah, another side of Thanksgiving other than just like Plymouth Rock. Yeah, like don't feel guilty for enjoying your food and everything. We just, you know, we we like to tell it like it is and mm-hmm. 
I mean, you know, it's it's good to like inform people of like what's happened in the past so that we can show respect for the tribes that have suffered. Yeah. I think, you know? Exactly. Yeah, because like I said, we don't know your if you don't know where you're from, you don't know where you're going. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's why like I get so and like get so passionate about things. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know, the pilgrims or the Spanish came to the at this point, like, you know, well, I'm acknowledging both, but right. um they came to the new world. Um you know, many natives died and the rest, mm-hmm. others they didn't die, they got pushed like, you know, on reservations. And then like they had this whole yeah. thing a few years ago, which I think is still ongoing where they were building, trying to build pipelines to the reservations. So yeah. I'm like, you guys not only pushed a whole class of people onto reser- reservations, you're now trying to take what you pushed them onto. Right. So it's just, I'm not gonna, um, guys, we're not gonna make this a political, a political. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just awful. It is, but the things. Let's go into kind of, kind of like a lighter <laughs> topic. That's so tragic. Um, of some quirky Thanksgiving traditions. That's the best way I can describe them because they are a little bit different. Um, so you want to get into the national um, Thanksgiving turkey presentation? Sure. So it looks like this is called national, uh, well, okay, you already said that, but AKA the pardoning of the turkey. Mm-hmm. So the national Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving turkey presentation is a ceremony that takes place at the White House every year shortly before Thanksgiving. Um, so the president of the United States is presented with a live domestic turkey by the National Turkey Federation. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just... Okay, um, interesting. So usually the males of the broad-breasted white variety. Okay. Yes, Those yeah, I kind of got a giggle out of that. <laughs> yeah. I kind of got a giggle out of that. So I was today years old and I learned that we have a National Turkey Federation. I know, I'm just sitting here like giggling, like really? <laughs> this is the news. Right. Just think about turkeys and suits. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I'm, I'm silly like that. No, um, I love it. um that's cool so this ceremony dates back to the 1940s um oh this makes me sad even though i like turkey the turkeys (laughs) were slaughtered and eaten with um some exceptions um it looks like prior to the 1970s when it became standard to actually spare the turkey that's cool i think it was yeah, I think it was during the presidency of um, George H.W. Bush. So yeah. Bush's dad, mm-hmm. um, it became tradition. And since then, all like his successors have had huh. the whole pardon uh, pardoning of the turkey. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. instead of like actually, you know, getting it ready for consumption, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, just kidding, guys. We're not going to kill it. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's more so what it is. Like you know, they kind of yeah. have to think, and it's actually some history um here so um it says turkeys had been donated to the president as gifts from private citizens um horace wrote um horace voss a a rhode island turkey farmer presented a dressed turkey to the president each year from 1873 until um Voss's death in 1913 oh wow right it's long time yeah um in 1913 south trumbull um, a Kentucky farmer and clerk of the United States House of Representatives presented a turkey to then President Woodrow Wilson um, and convinced that his red pepper fed but smaller turkeys tasted better than Voss's. 
<laughs> so no record actually survives as to which turkey um, Wilson chose. Unfortunately, we don't know if he chose Voss's or if he chose Trumbull's. Yeah, Trumbull just could have been full of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're silly. Um, it says, um, this along with Voss's death that December set off a kind of like a free-for-all in which numerous farmers tried to be the one to supply the annual turkey to the president. Yeah. Yeah, so the ri- rival um, escalated into the um, Warren 20s when a group of women, Warren G. Hardy, you guys remember Warren G. Hardy? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's funny because it's women. I wonder if they were writing yeah. letters. I wonder if he's writing them letters too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. Because he was exploited. Right. His love okay. was exploited. Yes, it was. <laughs> so um, a group of uh, women, Warren G. Harding supporters from Chicago, um, sent um, Harding turkeys, um, you know, including, um, let me see, Come getting, I guess I'm got, I got kind of tripped up here, guys, sorry, I got kind of, I'm still in Warren G. Harding. So pretty much, um, so pretty much what happened is that um, the, in 1920, when he was still president-elect, so he wasn't necessarily president yet, Mm-hmm. Um, the turkey was delivered by train um, while in Cairo, Texas um, the women sent Wilson and Harding both turkeys it looks like I'm not sure if that's what actually happened that's just what the notes say guys That's what um, <laughs> I'm assuming the turkeys came from Cairo, Texas I'm not sure um, so I got kind of tripped up on that um, let's see okay yeah so I think that they, this next bit kind of clears it up for me guys I'm sorry and it's the um, Carroll, Texas, well, the Carroll turkeys were notable for being the first to be sent out while still alive. So I guess they were slaughtered uh, once they got there. So that's kind of like, that's so sad. It is. Yeah. This looks like the Wilson administration um, slaughtered and ate the um, turkeys. So. Y'all heartless. Right? So, um, which Wilson's actually just, oof, like, I- I'm not going to get into him. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, Calvin Coolidge, um, alarmed by the number of turkeys that were being offered to the president at the time, briefly stopped the tradition upon assuming office in 1923, and chose to buy his own turkey. Hmm. Um, he relented in 1925 and was soon bombarded with an unusual array of animals to eat. Well, <laughs> so this included a live raccoon by the name of Rebecca, um, oh. he received in 1926 <laughs> and was unwilling to eat it and designated. <laughs> And designated Rebecca as the White House pet. I love Good it for you, Coolidge. Yeah, <laughs> that's just weird. I'm sorry. They said I thought that was petty. I feel like that was petty. Like you don't want to eat turkey, go ahead and eat a raccoon. That's just that's petty. Or, I mean, maybe that's all they could catch. I don't know. <laughs> or like I'll show the president I'll send them a rabbit raccoon right <laughs> I think they're getting a turkey well if I'm wrong <laughs> it's silly that's right yeah, it's so true though like it just makes you wonder what was their thought process is there right. it just makes me think of like it's always sunny in Philadelphia when Charlie put all those bees in a box and he gave them to this guy he didn't like there's not bees in there (laughs) okay (laughs) okay yeah okay so um so the original um, presentation of a turkey to the president each year began in 1947 under president harry s truman Mm -hmm. um the president was partially um 
the presentation was partially born out of a lobbying campaign, um, the Truman administration, in an effort to conserve grain for foreign aid campaigns. So they began promoting Meatless Tuesdays and Poultryless Thursdays in the autumn of 1947 in this effort. I've heard of Meatless Tuesdays. Something mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, my dad told me about and everything. Like, um, that's something, especially I would think that a lot of families, like, you know, with the Great Depression, everything, yeah, like, trying to make ends meet, like trying to get by. So, yeah, I could see that. Most definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely could see that too. Because I think I actually heard I've heard of Meatless Tuesdays now that you think about it. Because, like I said, I love history. I think I've heard about it at some point in some documentary. Yeah, documentary I've watched. So let's see. Um, the Eisenhower Presidential Library um, has documents in their collection that revealed that Dwight Eisenhower ate the birds presented to him during his two terms. Mm-hmm. Um, however, JFK, President John F. Kennedy, uh, mm-hmm. spontaneously spared a turkey on November 19th, just three days before his assassination. Oh, man. Yeah. So the, yeah, yeah, that's, I thought, because like, as soon as I saw the date, I was like, wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So, so the bird was wearing a sign reading good eating Mr. President um, Kennedy returned the massive 55 pound turkey to the farm that's um, around 25 kilograms mm-hmm. um, saying we'll let this one grow mm-hmm. then likewise Richard Nixon also spared some turkeys given to him during his time as president um, during the um, Carter administration um, First Lady Rosalind Carter arranged to have the turkey sent to petting zoos Aww. and no right that's so sweet and and no public ceremonies were held regarding the um turkey mm-hmm. so um the first president on record to on um, issuing a pardon a formal pardon um to his turkey was ronald reagan mm-hmm. uh, ronald reagan had been sending the turkeys presented to him to farms and zoos since around 1982 and in 1987's turkey named charlie um he also headed to the petting zoo as well yeah. yeah so he didn't really uh, formally reference it as a pardon um it didn't really that like i said earlier that didn't really come into play mm-hmm. um until his successor george hw bush instituted yeah. the turkey pardon as a permanent part of the presentation beginning his first year in office in 1989 interesting uh, so this kind of like um the whole turkey pardon is um you can kind of, it kind of has some mentions in pop culture. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Free Birds. Um, It's an animated film. I don't know if it was Pixar. I don't, I don't think it was Pixar. I think it was probably DreamWorks. I can't remember. But it's about a um, turkey who was pardoned and then is recruited to go back in time to attempt to change history and remove the turkey from the menu of the first Thanksgiving dinner at the Plymouth Colony. See? Oh. <laughs> it should have been St. Augustine. <laughs> Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, even in mainstream media, like it always goes back to Plymouth. And that's why St. Augustine is like so lost in time. Cause I guess like St. Augustine kind of had like, you know, they I guess I'm not gonna say I guess because so much stuff happened, they had the whole imprisonment stuff. I guess because there was just so much bad history they kind of wanted to cover it up. But Plymouth was just as bad, they just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have some other traditions here. So you want to go ahead and share those with us? Yeah, so turkey bowling um, <laughs> was done interesting using soda or water bottles as pens. I mean, 
I've, I've done a makeshift bowling setup, so I get that. Um, so people would have makeshift bowling games using frozen turkeys as the bowling ball. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, this tradition started in 1988 at a Newport Beach grocery store called Lucky's. Back then, the bowling would take place in the aisles of the store. That must have been something. Right? The throwing them turkey. Man, <laughs> like, food. what if you're just, like, trying to shop, and you're like, hey, you almost hit me with a turkey. Right? <laughs> oh, I love and it. Have, like, that's, that's just, I mean, it's interesting. It's, I want to know how, like, <laughs> exactly how that, I have to look into the history of that and how that came along, because that's right? just. Like, is there footage of that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Security camera? <laughs> yeah, in the eighties. I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe weird. there's pictures. Yeah, I mean, black and white photos somewhere. This was 1988. That was shortly before we were born. I, 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 yeah. I would pray that there are some security cameras. <laughs> this is true. Maybe there was the old yes. time, right? They're like ones that like there was like this. <laughs> that was super chunky. <laughs> Yeah, like now we have everything like handheld. Like it, things were like so bulky. Know, back then. So, um, yeah, agreed. They were computers, yes. phones, definitely. Mm-hmm, most definitely, like, you know. Now even like I even have like an older laptop and stuff back from like I want to say like twenty fourteen. Like oh. it's significantly heavier than the one I have like recent. Right. So it's just it's crazy. It is come a long way. We have all right. Let's see. The next one we have is Thanksgiving masking. Yeah. Um, So in the 19th century, masking was a Halloween-like tradition where adults and kids alike would dress up on Thanksgiving. Most people would wear masks, but others got a little more creative. Um, Many young boys would cross-dress as their sisters, and some even went as far as dressing up like prominent political figures. Cool. So these costumes were a little scary, and the tradition of masking led to the creation of Ragamuffin Day, um, a day similar to Halloween, but in November. Cool. I like that. Yes. Right. And I looked up these costumes <laughs> and these masks. Oh, they were creepy. Like, I've seen some old school masks, like, for Halloween, and, like, the vintage ones, they were creepy. Yes, and like the even the floats of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, like back in the day, yes. were really creepy too. Yeah, like I'll be terrified if I saw that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, agree. <laughs> I would. I would. All right, and looks like the last tradition we have here is the turkey trot. Yeah. So let's see. Um, it comes as no surprise that families are eager to do some jogging after inhaling the biggest meal of the year. I mean, that's really not me, but more right, for you guys. <laughs> I'd be like, no, um, I'm, I'm going to take a nap or I'm mm-hmm. going to binge something on TV. Like, I'm useless after eating a ton. Yes. <laughs> um, so you'll find three-mile turkey trots all across the country. Um, but beyond the actual event, it's become something of a major tradition for participants to dress in turkey costumes while they run. That's really <laughs> amusing. <laughs> uh, I'd love if, like, you were dressed up as a turkey and, like, someone's like, I'm going to eat you. And you're like, no, you can't catch me. Like, that'd be me if I could. Right? <laughs> like, hey, catch me if you can. Like, I'm the 
gingerbread man, but I'm actually a turkey. Right? <laughs> yeah, we actually have something like that here, right? It's called like the drumstick dash or something like that. Oh, okay. Cool. I think I think it's before. I think it's like on Thanksgiving morning. It's like in the morning, like the wee hours. Like not the wee hours. And like, like six, it's symbolic six, of like chasing a turkey. I like that. I don't know. I mean, I know people run. I don't know if they're out there. Cha- I mean, oh, oh my gosh, they should have one where they chase turkeys. I'm just coming up with things on my own, guys. Um, that's how no. great works. <laughs> no, they. We should call us. We should call and tell me you really want to get your work on. Let some turkeys out there and let people chase turkeys. We yeah right. They'll gobble it up. <laughs> Right, like it's just like actually, my grandmother's old neighborhood. She actually did have wild turkeys in her neighborhood. Like they would just be walking in the streets. When I lived on Bent Mountain, I did see some, and I was like, "Dude, Mm -hmm. it's a turkey!" And I'm like a few feet from it. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It is. It is huge. They are. You don't think they're that huge? Like we see them in the grocery store. Like I hate to make that comparison, but we see them in the grocery store. Like they don't even look that huge. They don't. I guess it's all like the feathers and stuff. I mean, like their tail feathers are like insane. Yes. yes. And actually, um, with Thanksgiving, um, there was something interesting that I found that I kind of called a nugget of true crime. Because mm-hmm. um, we don't get into true crime often on the pod. But um, I found when I was doing research that a grandfather's um, story leads to the uncovering of a 189-year-old murder mystery. Oh, cool. I love that. Right. So the um, article was written by New York, um, New York Post, um, November of last year. So it's relatively recent. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So it says like um, a grandpa's um, kind of story was um, appeared to help two brothers uncover a near 200 year old murder mystery. And it says Bill and Frank Watson were told a chilling tale about 57 Irish immigrants who died at a railroad site in Pennsylvania during the cholera epidemic of 1832. Right. So this area is now known as Duffy's Cut, um, as the rail um, rail workers' bosses um, boss was named Philip Duffy, and it's a stretch of tracks located around thirty miles from Philadelphia. So these two brothers were told the story by their grandfather, a rail a railroad worker. Um, that he told the story every Thanksgiving. He's probably still telling it now, especially now since a murder investigation is open. <laughs> Um, they believe that rail um, workers died violently and not from cholera. So they believe that it was covered up. So they were probably murdered. Yeah. So um, Frank told CNN in 2010, this is a murder mystery from 178 years ago, and it's finally coming to the light of day. So to get into the legend, a man walking home from a tavern claimed to see a mysterious green figures dancing in the mist in September of 1909. The documents quote the unnamed man as saying, I saw with my own eyes the ghost of the Irishman who died with cholera a month ago. A dancing around um, the big trench where they were buried. It's true, mister. It was awful. Frank inherited the railroad um, papers from his grandpa and said on one of the documents said X marks the spot. They suspected that the files contained clues to the location of a mass grave. So it sounds like the grandfather may not no longer be living, but once he gave them these documents, they the two brothers are kind of able to put two and two together, I guess. Right. So Bill and Frank um, delved deeper into the case. Um, they started digging um, in 2002 and years later around forks and tobacco. Um, around, hold on. 
Yeah, they said they started digging around 2002, and years later, um, they found forks and tobacco pipes, um, pieces of remnants of forks and tobacco pipes, different shards of those materials. Um, okay. When they found that digging, so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, so it says the um, brothers didn't believe um, struggling laborers would discard valuable items such as forks and tobacco pipes. So researchers got involved in March of 2010 and they found a bone um, which rose suspicions that cholera may not, might not have been what killed the rail workers. Right. So I guess they, you yeah. know, probably got an expert and like, you know, how you can tell there's trauma, like how someone died, like either they were bashed in the head or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it sounds like they got an expert to look into it and there was definitely some foul play, it sounds like. Almost definitely. It says teams also uncovered a skull that had been pierced by a bullet and cleaved by a hatchet. Mm. Yeah. So Bill, a historian, said, we have no idea what percentage of these guys were murdered, but if we have 57, it's the worst mass murder in Pennsylvania history. So this could be a, the biggest mass murder of this in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, definitely. So, um, He's, the historian said that the average age of the workers was around 22 years old. Um, a forensic anthropologist, um, Janet Mong, said that the case um, provided quote-unquote vital clues about the lives of Irish immigrants. Mm-hmm. She said, quote, it was a cruel and rugged existence that characterizes the immigrant experience, and it speaks very broadly of the xenophobia that existed at the time, because you know how people thought about the Irish back then. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. It says Mong discovered bones um, from at least seven skeletons, including four skulls. Oh, wow. Right. Um, she said one skull has a little divot on what would have been the side bone of the skull. A little divot is something that didn't happen when they excavated it out of the ground. So it was already there when they pulled it out. Right. Yeah. It sounds like they were beating the head. Right. Yes. Yeah, this is this is insane. I, I love yeah. true crime. I do. This is not a true crime <laughs> podcast, guys, but we're just getting to a little nugget here. Yeah, no, that's an interesting story. It is. Um, so this is the anthropologist speculated that one of the laborers may have been clunked on their head before they died. So they may have been knocked out or maybe the blow killed them. Yeah, that's, that's the speculation. So this is the remains of five men and one woman from those who had died at Duffy's um, cut were laid to rest at a ceremony in Pennsylvania in 2012. Oh, um, well, that's yeah. nice. Right? At least, you know, they kind of like, you know, laid to rest, so they probably won't be no yeah, longer haunting and dancing. Yeah. Yeah, they tried to show respect to, you know, those poor souls that were murdered. Like, I, I like that. Yes, yes. And it goes further to say the body of teenager John Reddy, who was um, from County Donegal, was um, repatriated to Ireland. So his body was sent back there and a burial um, took place in County Tyrone for Catherine Burns in October of 2015. So forensic believes that injuries to her skull indicated that she had been murdered um, as per the BBC. Um, Duffy's Cut later became part of the Pennsylvania's railroad main line. So most likely it's still haunted. Well, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's definitely still haunted. They're still up there. That's so sad because they, yeah, yeah. How they go, how they go sit there and say that it's, um, that it's cholera, but y- y'all, y'all bludgeoning people to death. Yeah. Well, you know, just covering stuff up. Like, 
people in history try to do anyways. It's like, like, you know, with St. Augustine. <laughs> yep. I'm still stuck on that because I just cannot believe. Yeah. I cannot believe it. Like, it's just so crazy, you know, that I went my whole entire life, like, you know, not knowing that. Because, like, I'm not going to say I never really looked into Thanksgiving, but I, didn't I was like, I was yeah. just kind of took it, you know, the way we learned it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's new for me. Yes, exactly. I was like, Plymouth Rock, you know, they broke bread and broke bread, you know, with the natives, killed them, all this stuff. Like, it, I'm, I'm not laughing at that, but it, it, you see family, Adam's family values. Yes, of course. When Wednesday was like, we cannot break bread with you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That was like, yes. that they deserve as soon as I said you can break bread that scene just came to my mind I forgot everything else I was not laughing at the well, whole Thanksgiving to the villain of course her name was Sarah <laughs> <laughs> and she was like trying to you know appeal to her narcissistic side and then she's like like you said she can't we can't break bread with you like mm-hmm. she just roughly ends it that way it's the best and then they like take over their settlement take it back you know yeah she said for all these reasons we we decided to scalp you and burn your village to the ground (laughs) and they all got the yelling i was gone that was that part was gold to me yes oh and then her and the um that one guy i i know who you're talking about yeah Yeah. the the one who has a crush on her the cute Mm -hmm the asthma and every in the glasses <laughs> so cute. he was a you know he played a native american too as well like you know they were the native americans and like i think sh- he was like the chief or something it was really cute like i mm-hmm. just they really like he really liked her i loved it yes it was just it was such it was <laughs> i mean it was everything she said was true yeah, and she said. Well, she said we live on reservations. You guys drink highballs, drive stick shifts. Like you know, so everything she said was true. Yes, because this is like how I've been feeling for years. I'm like, you know, um, a lot of the things we have, we really don't deserve. You know, like it was taken from people who deserve that land and sh- and had every right to have that land to live in peace alongside us and sit. So- I mean, okay, I'm I'm talking like out of turn here because like this was before my time. Okay. But like, <laughs> I get I get upset about it. Yeah. I really do. No, no, no. I totally get it. Yeah, that's why I said like I try not to like I'm not gonna say ramble, but lack of better terms, ramble because I would start triggering myself. Now get on my soapbox and yeah, and just I'll start saying a bunch of things that people may not necessarily agree with, and we're what? not you know here to upset anyone guys so if you guys were upset by anything we said we're sorry like we're super spoiled and privileged i'm just Mm -hmm. saying that i just wish that native americans aren't treated the way they are that they're like stuck on these reservations i mean not Mm -hmm. all of them are but it just it breaks my heart like what they've gone through and everything exactly exactly and like you know I'm, i'm an adult and I'm I'm an adult like I'm a grown person and I don't think I've ever actually seen a native person yeah 
in real life. I mean, I know I've probably seen them, but like, I'm not like, guys, I'm not right. being ignorant. Just, but like, you have to think, are they all just like forced to live on these reservations? Yes. Like, away from us? Like, we can't, you know, commingle like nature should have, you know, intended. Exactly. And it's just like, you know, and they're probably like, you know, probably to the point where they don't want to mingle because it's just like, you know, just so much history and stuff. I'm not, I'm not speaking saying natives don't want to mingle with people. I'm just saying yeah. like, you know, <laughs> if I were them, I would be a little salty. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's just like my thoughts on it. Because yeah, I, I, I don't see many natives. I mean, I think I've seen a few here and there, but mm-hmm. But it can yeah. also be the city we live in too. <laughs> this is true. I mean, it's not like in New Mexico or anything. Like I've, I've seen on road food and everything for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, Apache- dominated um community and i, I loved mm-hmm. that it was really actually no I, it wasn't in new mexico it was in arizona actually okay well yeah, yeah. that makes sense yeah down there yeah so it's just our city guys we're just yeah time. we're not like trying to ruffle any feathers or anything no most definitely not we're just kind of like speaking about like you know thoughts on our mind and like things that upset us i guess and just random ramblings yes as we always do yeah but (laughs) yes but guys we do hope that you all did enjoy um this um episode um of the podcast like i said we weren't trying to ruffle any feathers or upset anybody with thanksgiving thing of the turkeys feathers (laughs) (laughs) right i know i did i did i didn't want (laughs) i didn't want to sound like a cornball but i kind of stifled a chuckle when you said ruffle feathers i want to be like (laughs) <laughs> Wait, that's not what a turkey does. <laughs> guys, we're sorry. We're goblin. <laughs> okay, guys, we're sorry. We're gonna stuff it now. Huh? <laughs> I need to have a drum roll sound on here. You really do. I think, yeah, with my bad jokes, it's just gonna have to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, because we um hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving, enjoy yeah. time with your families. If you happen to be, you know, unfortunately at work, which I think sucks because I feel like no one should have to, unless it's like, you know, of course, doctors. Fortunately, you know, they do have to be there. But yeah, I, I, there's like, no reason for anything else to be open. Or like paramedics and doctors and nurses. I mean, I work in a hospital. So like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not a nurse or anything. I'm just a pharmacy tech. But like, yeah, I mean. What you do matters. You. Don't say yeah. you're just that. What you do matters. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. I have a bad habit of doing that. But yeah, I mean, I, I do make it easier for the doctors and nurses because I do dispense medications and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's like a trickle down effect. We're like a team. So yeah, like all the pharmacy techs, I mean, even in retail too, guys, like I really, you know, I know pharmacy techs and pharmacists are really struggling right now. I mean, especially in retail with the public, like Mm -hmm. sometimes they can be super nasty because I mean, so many pharmacies are just backed up with so many orders. So like, I hope that you guys find peace who are in retail and everything. Cause I've been there. I, I worked retail for a bit as well. It's rough. Yes. Yes. And I just think like, you know, like we were saying, like pharmacies and stuff, like retail yeah. hospitals, like thanks guys, you know, for being there, but police for, officers, anybody police officers, firemen, mm-hmm. yeah, emergency personnel, all of that. 
even the people who are coming into the grocery stores to work until 5 p.m. Right. You know, for people who have last minute things that they forgot because yeah. something that happens. Yeah. Um, you know, for but I feel sure. like, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say something? I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're fine. I was just saying I worked at Kroger as well. And like there are, you know, they stay open until six. So like you were mm-hmm. saying, yeah, there are stores that do stay open on Thanksgiving to try to accommodate last minute shoppers. Yes. You know, or some people, you know, may just may have just like some people do not get paid by the day or, yeah. you know, are waiting, you know, to be able to get things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I understand that too. So it's just like, you know, you gotta be worried about people's circumstances. So I think that's great. And thank you guys for holding um that down. And yeah. I just wanna take like, you know, um I wanna say like, you know, I just think that places like stores should not be like retail stores like should not be open on Thanksgiving. Like my baby's right. like mm-hmm. I hate the premise that now Black Friday is on Thanksgiving. Like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm yeah. Here, but, like, you know, like, I worked at Belk, and I had to be there at midnight on Thanksgiving. Because- yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, my baby sister. Well, she's my little. She hates when I call her baby sister. My Because um, <laughs> she's 21. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Well, she's, yeah. I mean, like, she's not a baby, but, like. She is <laughs> right, right. But thank yeah. you. Like I call her that because she, I'm like I'm five four and she's like five ten. Right. So I call her that to make myself feel better. Um, <laughs> but, like um, Sammy. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, like she, um, her, she, where she works, they are open from 8 a.m. to midnight on Thanksgiving. And she, um, she said, they pretty much said, if you don't come in, you're going to be pretty much be terminated. But she gets off at 530 on Thanksgiving, but she has to be back there on Black Friday. And I was like, why are you even open? Because for one, I was like, you have, she doesn't work at like a mainstream store. Um. I said Walmart's closed, Target's closed, Kohl's, all these mainstream like big box places are closed. Why are y'all open? No one's gonna be checking for y'all. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say like, that, but I'm like, who's behind this? It's awful. Like... No, but that no, but that's the thing. I found out because I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm kind of a protective older sister. So I yeah. said, I want to know if this is a managerial thing or is this like a um, company thing. So I right. called the other locations. They're open from um, six a.m. to twelve on Thanksgiving, twelve noon. Oh, so it's a managerial thing. Yes, I'm like, because y'all ain't selling. Them. <laughs> oh my god, that's just oh man, I don't like that. That makes me think of like corrupt ceo twirling his mustache like you know sitting in a pile of cash like right right and it's like and then like my sister like she'll like because they're open to like 10 during the holiday season which you know is customary but yeah um she'll get off like on saturday at 10 then she has to come back in like sunday morning at like eight i'm like you're you're pretty much taking people's like whole holiday season from i don't know that she works in retail i'm just like i mean absolutely like by the time have a meal i mean she's been working all day she's gonna be exhausted she'll probably like pass out by like nine o'clock and then like that's hardly any time with your family and then you have to just like be at work the next morning like yeah that's yeah so it's just exactly we just kind of have to filter in time where we can like last night we watched um the new christmas a christmas story christmas mm-hmm. um the new christmas story it was amazing i loved it they oh, they did an excellent job guys if you haven't seen it go go and get hbo max check it out 
Oh, awesome. I'll have to watch it. Yes, it was so sentimental. Um, but Sarah, do you do you want to say anything? Because I've already rambled enough. Um, do you want to oh say anything God. before we close the episode? I have to, but I mean, I just it was really cool to hear about St. Augustine and like how that was the first Thanksgiving that did blow my mind. And the murder mystery at the end was really mm-hmm. fascinating as well. Oh um, yeah. And I really love the festivals that I found. I mean, I think it just really pertains to like fall because when you think of fall, I mean, when you've looked into the history, it's about like reaping the harvest and everything by what you give to the land, essentially, which is what the Native Americans really kind of like lived by. It's just it's a really lovely idea. And I, I just I love the whole I love Thanksgiving period. Yes, yes, and I love that part too about the um about the um moon, the moon cakes. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to call them moon pie. How it started a revolution that blew my mind. I was like, yes, bet yes. I love it. It's just it's just so amazing. Like I, like I love cultural yeah. differences and stuff. Like I always said, like folklore and folklore and stuff. Like I'm like, how do people become folklorists? I'm interested. Like where can I apply? Because right? if that was like a college major, I swear I would I would I would have straight A's. Like I would I want to be like like you know a um. No, I'm not, not going to say historian, but I kind of like want to be a folklorist because you get to study like different cultures and understand where these um, urban legends and lore and all of that stuff comes from. And that's something that I really like because history, you kind of got to kind of focus on what's documented. Yeah, um, not so much a speculation. And evidence wise, where with folklore, you know, I mean, it's going by legends and like what mm-hmm. you find, I mean, in text, but like what you how you interpret it and everything exactly exactly and it's always so interesting we we are going to go ahead and wrap up this episode we are heading to we, we're in movie movie length at this point but we wanted to give you guys something to kind of um hold you guys over for the um for the long um for this long week yeah it's going to be a long week <laughs> yeah it is Yes, and guys, we will be back later this week um, with another special episode um, centered around Black Friday. So we're gonna be we're gonna get that rolled out for you guys at some point this week. So just keep an eye out on your uh, podcast cues, and you'll see it there. And of course, I'll post about it on Instagram and the website as well. Yeah, and on Facebook too. If you have Facebook, I believe don't you have a page on Beyond the Bazaar? We do, we do. We, yeah, we do have. Guys, I always forget about Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. And now, like, I was, I, I was actually going to set up a Twitter, but Twitter now is probably going to end up going like because Mister Musk. Yeah, I mean, Misha had said something about that that he was trying to Misha Collins. If you guys aren't. Don't argue know who Misha is. Myself, this guy. Um, he was feeling nostalgic and he wanted to back up his tweets and like it wouldn't let him because you know now they're saying like to be verified you have to pay for it. So now it's kind of like a slap in the face to these celebrities who have actually like been verified and they have to pay for it. And it's like anybody can pretty much you know impersonate whatever now if you pay for it and get a blue check so exactly it's gonna make all these impersonating pages like you yeah know, like, like you know like i was liking like a lot of like um 
uh whose content was I liking? I was liking some like of the um Killian Murphy um stuff. Like I sent you one of his memes when he just sits there with a blank face, like yeah. um, RBF and all this stuff. And like I got a page that said real I was like, You are not him. I <laughs> right. I get so many like friend requests or like Misha Collins. I'm like, okay. I know you're not Misha Collins. I'm like, leave me alone. Like, yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> I had the real Misha text me, like, leave me alone. That's all I needed. I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> and it's like, even like, 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 I, you know, since you're that zodiac, like, it was that guy who like does like the zodiac memes and all this stuff. Like, people were even right. impersonating him. As soon as oh, I followed him, I had pages like coming on there, like following me that were impersonating him. I'm like. <laughs> Guys, calm down. I don't. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so crazy. But guys, we're gonna go ahead and let you guys go. Um, like I said, we're thankful for you guys. We're thankful for this podcast. We're thankful just for everything and you know, just for life in general. Yes, thank y'all so much for listening and uh, hanging in there with us. Thank you so much and. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving and don't forget the pie. Oh, most definitely. Don't forget the, oh my God. I'm <laughs> making my pies tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I'm going to like buy a frozen one, I guess. Sadness. Uh, well, well, it's, so good. it's Marie Calendars. Oh, yeah. I got a cherry pie. I'm making my cherry pie tomorrow. We're going to have sweet potato pie. Yum. Oh my gosh. It's on my mind. Heavy. I'm myself like head. I threw my head back too fast. Um <laughs> right. I love pie. Me too. <laughs> yes. Okay, guys, we're gonna go ahead and let you guys go before, before I injure myself and like you know from getting too excited. But you guys stay bizarre. Yeah. Thankful. Be thankful. Mm-hmm. We're out of here. <laughs> yes. Bye.